Um, actually, that's what we're going to talk about this morning in this Relate series um, is, is parenting. And to be honest with you, when, you, when I teach a, um, a, a message like this, a share message like this, most often it's one of the most needed messages. It's one of the most needed messages, but it's also one of the most resisted messages. Because it is so, it is so personal. It is just so personal. It's like, don't mess with me raising my kids, you know. And so, and let, let me just say this also. If you're not a parent, if you're not a parent, what I'm sharing with you can just also help you with younger people. It can help you in the workplace. It can just, it, can, it is just, so yes, we're talking about parenting, um, but it's not, uh, not, it won't just help uh, parents, but also let me just say this, grandparents. Uh, I, I, my, you know, I was just thinking the other day about a time that um, we had with the girls and they were probably three or four years old. How many know when, when kids are three and four and they get quiet? And they're not in the same room. You better go check on them. I mean, how many parents know what I'm talking about? You know, as long as you're playing, you can hear them. You know, they're okay. But if they get quiet for too long, you better go check on them because they are into something. So this happened. This happened um, uh, one time. Well, many times, but but it happened one this one particular time. And um, so uh, Sandy goes in to check on the girls, and when 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 she walked in, uh, she found that they had discovered her makeup. <laughs> Yeah, three or four years old, and they had makeup all over their faces. They took turns, and I wish I'd brought the picture. I had the picture this morning. I mean, it was everywhere. It was just all over them, and it just was really, really pretty funny. And so we were, I was thinking about that the other day, that moment in time that we had with them. And then I was thinking about another picture, another picture, a couple of pictures, and that is their wedding pictures. And it just seemed like, pow, it just happened just like that just happened so, so quickly. Um, I, so this, this, what I want to share with you this morning is, is based on experiences being father and a mom, but it's also based on 20 plus years of pastoring. Over 20 years of pastoring and, and seeing, seeing uh, the end result of how parents raise children. I've, I've seen it and I've watched it. So it's from experience, but yet also observation. The, the series, this Relate series, the foundation of it, the foundation of it is this. The way that we relate to God affects how we relate to everyone and everything around us. Amen. The way that we relate to God affects the way that we relate to everyone and everything around us. Let, let me just say this. You really can't love God effectively without loving people. Amen. In other words, if, if, if loving God and this relationship is strong and we're getting better at this one, what's going to happen is, is that the relationships around us are going to get better. As this relationship and our love for God and, and God's love for us, as that gets stronger, what's going to happen is it's going to make it easier. We're going to get better at loving people. But, but, yet, but yet you really can't love people effectively without loving God. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. In other words, love God with everything that you have. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The question, is the, the question this morning is this, how do you relate to God? How do you relate to God? How do you see God? 
Are you and God on the same page in regards to who and what he wants to be to you? Do you know, do you realize that God is our creator? Is anybody thankful that God is, 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 is our creator? Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that we didn't come from a, a puddle of muck? Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we just didn't come from a, a puddle of stuff and, or, or that, that we're a result of some sort of a cosmic collision somewhere? Aren't you thankful that we have been created by the divine God who is in heaven? Aren't you thankful for that this morning? So do you see God as your creator? Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. So I taught this um, a couple of weeks ago at Word of Life at the Shreveport campus. Made this statement, I think it's so true in regards to being our, our creator. It's wise to, to let the one who designed us also define us. So God, God designed us a certain way, and so he also defines how we are to work. And the reality of it is, ladies and gentlemen, is that the only way we're going to work right is that we, if we determine in our hearts that we have got to be connected to people and we've got to be in healthy relationships. Thank you for that overwhelming response. This is what Jesus, I mean, God said about being created, he created humanity uh, with the purpose of connection and being in, in healthy relationships. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. So he's created man, and he said, but it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now th- think about this. Do you think when Jesus created Adam and his image and his likeness, do you think God went, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought of something. How many of you know that's not in God's vocabulary? I just, it just dawned on me. You think God says that? Absolutely not. No, no, no. He he didn't look and go, you know what? I I need to create, I need to create somebody to be with this guy. No, no. He, he, He was thinking ahead. When he created Adam, he looked in the process of creating Adam. He was creating Adam to be connected. So that's the reason he created somebody to be with Adam because he knew he didn't create Adam and Adam wouldn't work right and Adam wouldn't be able to do his best if he was just doing life by himself and you're sitting there going yeah but that's talking about a husband and a wife it's talking about the marriage between a husband and a wife and I'll give you that yeah he's absolutely talking about that but yet thousands of years later the Bible's Bible's still saying the same thing God is still saying the same saying the same thing about not being alone in Romans 12 4 and 5 um, go to verse 5 it says there are many people who belong to Christ and yet we are one body which is Christ watch this next part we are all different but we depend on each other So thousands of years later, he's still saying the same thing. It's not good for men and mankind to be alone. Let me just bring it home. It is not good for you to be alone. You need healthy relationships in order to do this Jesus thing. (laughs) I know you know know this, but that's why we do small groups. That's why we do life groups. Some of you have been around here a while. You, you're thinking, he's going to talk about life groups next. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And yeah, that's right. Matter of fact, I want to give a shout out to this church, this campus. I've, I've looked at the numbers and the number of people that are participating in small groups. And it is off the charts amazing. So can I give you guys a great big hand? I am, 
when Pastor Dave was telling me, man, my, I was doing backflips. I was like, that is incredible. The number of people in, our, in the small groups here at Lake Charles compared to our attendance is off the charts amazing. It's incredible. And I'm so, so proud, so, so thankful that, that, that here we're getting it, that we've got to have godly people in our life in order to do this God thing, this God thing right. But yet, the question is, how do you relate to God? Do you just look at him as your creator? I think we should. Because then we begin to look at people differently. We say, you know what, they're not a problem. I probably need them in my life. So I can walk this thing out. They could, they've got this other believer, this other Christian. It's got something that they can give me and I can give, I can give them. So it's good that we see God as your creator. But it's also good to see that, that God's our father. Matthew 6, 9, I, 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 I've read this so many times over the years, but when I was reading it recently, it just clicked, and I thought it was just so powerful what Jesus did in this moment. So the disciples have asked Jesus about how to pray. They said, teach, teach me, teach me, Jesus. Teach us, Jesus, how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Isn't it amazing that they could have asked Jesus to do a lot of things, teach him to do a lot of things, like, hey, could you teach us how to turn the water into wine? That is cool. Or raise people from the dead. We'd really like to raise people. Could you teach us how to do that, Jesus? No, no, they, 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 they asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us. We, we want you to teach us how to pray. Look, look, look how Jesus responds to them. In Matthew 6, 9, in this manner, therefore pray. In other words, this is how you do it, boys. This is how you do it, guys. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven. You say, what's the big deal about that? Here's the big deal. It was when Jesus said, our Father in heaven, Jesus included us in his relationship with God. Because he didn't say, my Father, which is in heaven. <laughs> he said, pray this way. From here on out, pray this way. Our what? Not just our creator, but our what? Our isn't it amazing that God or Jesus in that point was, was, was revealing the heart of God to, to, to say, listen, listen, the day is coming, the moment is coming where, 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 where people will just be just as much God, uh, our, uh, God's children. Let me say it this way. That, 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 that the day is coming where people will have a relationship with God just like Jesus does. And have that kind of access. That, 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 that we, just like Jesus, is the son of God. Jesus is a child of God. We are too. Am I the only one that's just like blown away by that? John 1.12 says, He gave the right and the power to become children of God to those who received him. He gave this to those who put trust in his name. Now, so here's the point in regards to parenting. And you're going, where are you going with all this? Just, just hang in there. Where are you going with all of this? We can use our relationship with God as a guide to successfully parent our children. If God is our father, are you following me? If God is our father, then we can use our relationship with God as a template or a guide to raise our children. Are you following me? But, so, but the question is this. What exactly 
what exactly does our relationship with God the Father, what should it look like? Because if we're going to use our relationship with him as our father, as a guide to parent our children, and let me say this, not just biological children, the Bible talks about spiritual offspring as well. Can I have a better amen than that? The spiritual offspring, people that the younger generation that we can pour into that, that may not have a father figure in the house. Listen to me, men. We can be father figures to them. Can somebody say amen to that? But what exactly does that look like? Our relationship with God. How does he, how does he father us? Well, and I, I, was, I was just praying and thinking, God, what's a good scripture that sort of just captures what that looks like? I think a good one is found in Romans 8.14. Romans 8, 14. It says the true children of God, watch this part, the true children of God, how many children of God do we have in the house? Okay, about 80%. (laughs) Father in Jesus' name, help them, yeah, get saved. Anyway, (laughs) that was pretty funny, Brenda. I have to admit, thank you for laughing. You're helping me out up here by laughing at my, my, anyway. Well, watch this. The true children of God are those, watch this, are those who let God's Spirit what? Do what? Do what? Not drive them. Not force them. But do what? True children of God allow God to do what? Lead them. (laughs) Watch this. So when we're synced with God as our heavenly father, we allow him to lead us in our life. He leads us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't drive us. He leads us. And this is the approach you want to take when, you, when it comes to parenting. You want to see yourself as a person who leads your children. Listen to me. This is the reason Paul said in Ephesians 6, 4, this is the message paraphrase. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. If your your kid's in the house, you're like, oh, I love that scripture. Man, I'm glad Pastor John shared that one because I have spiritual basis to say, you can't come down hard on me, Dad. That's not what that means. Sorry to ruin it for you, kids. But anyway, watch this. But take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. That's really good. Exasperate. What that really means is this. Don't use, uh, parents, don't use your size, your authority, or your position as leverage to get them to do what you want them to do and what you want them to be. So it means by exasperate that. But instead, take them by the hand and you do what? You begin to lead them. Everybody say, lead them. That David got the idea. Psalm 23, very familiar group of scriptures says, uh, he makes me, talking about God, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He what? He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He what? He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Your best bet, parents, is to prepare your children for their future through a relationship with them. Listen to me, and not just by rules. Lead them in a relationship based upon God's principles. 
Thank you for that overwhelming response. Here's why. That's the way our relationship should be with God, our Father. That our relationship is not based on just rules, but it's based on a relationship with Him. Is anybody thankful that our relationship with the Father is not based on rules, but what a relationship that has principles? Are you following me? So we, 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 we lead our children based on principles and not just what? Rules. Because if we lead our children just based on rules, what happens is you'll raise children that will never be able to measure up because they'll always be breaking the rules. But if you raise them based on principles like this, like, listen, there are consequences to your decisions. Isn't that, what God, isn't that how God works? There are consequences to your decision. There are good consequences. And there are negative consequences. So, so God says you, you can have life or death. You can have whatever. I encourage you to make this choice that puts you on the path with me. You can do whatever. But if you go this way, I'm telling you, it's going to be hard. But if you go this way, it's going to be better. Did not say it would be easier? Said it'd be better. When, when we used to discipline our kids, there were times that most of the time I got this right. Most of the time. We would sit down with them and we would talk with them. So I'd sit down with, and one, one, our oldest Haley, you know, if, if, you know because we would say, all right, if, 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 if this happens, this is what's going to happen. If this happens, this is what's going to happen. And, 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 and so with, with, with our oldest daughter, Haley, when she, when, she, when she, you know, she didn't make some choices that weren't, weren't good choices. What would happen with her is that we would sit down and, and I would say, okay, Haley, we're gonna have, I'm going to have to discipline you. And, and she would be like, okay, let's get it over with. You know, this is Faith, the youngest on the other hand, oh, no, she was a negotiator. She was, but, but dad... Could we just talk a little bit more? No, no. You know, we're, yes, we're going to talk, but we're done talking. Let's, you know, let's get on with it kind of a thing. But, but then she would go to calm to, to, no. I mean, it would be like, no. Like, you know, and probably if people, you were in the living room, you'd think, dear God, he's back there killing her. And I mean, we're just talking. <laughs> we haven't even. But then there were times where I would say, okay, you're, you're going to need to get, you're going to need to get a spanking for, for both of them. But then, then I would feel like at, at times God would say, give them mercy. They deserve judgment. But give them mercy. Now, they used that on us a few times. <laughs> because they would be like, mercy. Just especially, mercy. Give me mercy. Have mercy on me, daddy. I'm not feeling merciful today. No. <laughs> but again, it's principles. Not just rules, but principles, 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 principles. Again, as parents, our role is to lead our children, listen to me, please hear this, parents, through seasons of their life. And I'm going to touch on this in just a moment here. Parents, look at me. I don't care how old you are. Look at me. Do not parent your children as if you're going to live forever. God is forever. You're not. 
You are in the sense of you'll spend eternity in heaven. But God and his presence is forever here on the earth. We're here to lead our children through seasons. Please hear that. And that went over like a lead balloon because some of you are like, no, I want to be mama forever. You will be mama forever, but you'll be different mama in different seasons if you work this thing right. I'll move on because I know you want me to. So anyway, so one of the effective, most effective ways that we can lead our, our kids and lead the next generation is helping them with context. Helping them with context. I got to move pretty fast here. Helping them with context. And here's why. The, the, the kids that we're raising today, the kids that we have the privilege of leading today, for one, really only, one of the only times in history, they don't have to come to the forerunning generation in order to get information. They don't have to. I mean, why? Because information is everywhere. But here's what they do. Here's what they do need from us. They do need us to help them provide context for the content that they have. Because they're they're getting information from all over the place. But one of the greatest things, the more important, one of the most important roles as parents is that we help them make sense out of it. We provide context. Everybody say context few areas I want to share with you real quick that we, need, we have to provide context for our kids. Number one is speed. How many of you know everything is fast today? Everything is fast. How many remember the old dial-up internet days? You, remember, you might remember that? And we thought, this is incredible. This is amazing. I mean, Remember, you'd hear dial up, and you'd make all these crazy noise, and we're like, this is amazing. Four minutes later, we're finally just connecting to the internet. We're like, this is incredible. Awesome. Is there anybody in the house that would wait four minutes to connect to the internet today? Absolutely not. We'd be like, get me another carrier. It's fast. Everything is fast. But here, listen, if you're raised in a culture, if you're raised in a place, in a way that everything is fast, then you'll begin to look at slow as being bad. That slow is bad. That if it's not instant, it's got to be bad. But listen, everybody listen to me. I need everybody in this room to listen to me. Please, young and, young and older, Listen. I didn't say old, I said older. Certain things in life just take time. There are certain things in life that just take time. They're slow, kind of meandering. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, sometimes even messy. You say, just name a couple. Relationships. (laughs) There's no out for relationships. And building healthy relationships. Building healthy relationships just take time. There are no shortcuts to it. Having a career, (laughs) I get kind of, you know, there are are younger guys that are just like, I want to go right to the top. I want to be CEO at 23. 
let me just say this, guys, younger, young and older. Listen, every, everybody wants a mountaintop experience. Everybody. Everybody wants a mountaintop experience. And you know what? God wants us to have those mountaintop experiences. But here's the reality of it. I don't care if you get a helicopter and fly to the top. I don't care if you get on a bicycle, which is the coolest way to get up there. And mountain bike to the top. I don't care if you have to crawl to the top. If you want to get to the top, it's going to take time to get there. Good word, Pastor John. Because the reason being, even if you're not serving God, even if you don't live your life by godly principles, this is still true. Relationships, career, all that. It takes time. But with God, he's the God of process. That's your reason in Philippians uh, 2.13, it says, For it is God who, what? Works, works, works works, works in you to act in order to feel. I got a lot more content. I could have stayed a lot longer on that, but I've only got five minutes, so I got to keep moving. The next is convenience. We've got to provide context when it comes to convenience. The world is full of convenience. Listen to me. And if you grow up in a world where, let me just say this real quick, real quick. Everybody listen to me. Listen to me. We're not going to come down hard on the younger generation. I'm, I'm not. I, I can't do that. Do you know why? <laughs> they couldn't help they were born in the time that they're living in. And they couldn't help that they were born to the parents. <laughs> I hear this about millennials. I hear people say this all the time. Well, they're just so entitled. They're so entitled. How did they get that way? How did, they, how did they get that way? It was by the mama and daddy who were raising them. <laughs> that's the reason it's so vital that we get this as parents and a generation that's here to help the next generation run the race that God has for them to run. If we just say they're hopeless, they'll always be hopeless. But we can connect with them and say, we just love you. We just want to help you. Can I have a better amen than that? Convenience. If you're raised in the where it's always convenient, what's going to happen is that 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 you'll believe that hard is bad. Hard is bad. If something hard, it must be bad. One of the number one things that educators, K through twelve educators, are hearing kids say today is it's too hard. It's it's just it's too hard. One of the stories that I remember uh, Haley, our oldest daughter, telling, I've heard her say it several times, that her favorite teacher was Mr. Agater. He's a fourth grade teacher, and he, he really was a great teacher. I remember the first time we went to a parent-teacher conference and we were talking with him. I loved, loved what he said. He said, I don't mind letting my students struggle. I want them to struggle some. I want them to work through things when they're tough. And it's hard. And I knew where he was going when he said this. He said, because you know what? When they get out of school, or even before they get out of school, 
You don't have to wait to get out of school in order for things to get hard. Kids are dealing with hard stuff today. He said, I like to help kids navigate that because that's preparing them for life. And I went, boom, Mr. A, you got it. Listen, you need to love your kids enough to let them struggle. Let, let them feel the weight of the struggle at times. Don't go rescuing your kids out of things when it gets hard for them. Amen. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 11. I'm just going to talk, touch on verse 30. Matthew chapter uh, 11 verse 30. Jesus says, you know, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls. But watch this. Verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy. Watch this. Listen, 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 listen. And my burden is what? He didn't say you wouldn't have burden. Are you following me? He just said, my burden is what? Light. So, so in life, God's not going to come and rescue us from everything that we may struggle with. But he will come along beside us and help us navigate it. Amen. Are you following me? Are you following me? Yes. That's the reason, listen to me. We can't, we can't rescue them from all the hard times, our kids from all the hard times. Listen, we just come along beside them and help them navigate. When, when, when kids say something bad about them, which happens all the time, social media, Instagram, Snapchat, and the ton of other things that are out there, when that is going to happen, instead of going, well, let me talk to that kid. I'll give him a piece of it. Let me get on Facebook, Instagram. Now, let me ask you something. What's going to happen when they're 40? What's going to happen when they're 40 and still living with you? Because it's too hard. Are, are you following me? So when, when they say bad things about you, about, when, they, when kids say bad things about them, or, or something is tough, we just say, here, Dad's with you. I'm not going to rescue from it. But let me talk you through this. Here's how you respond to that. Here's how you don't respond to that. What does God say about you, son? What does God say that you can do? Amen? This is pretty good preaching for a young fella like myself we have context to entertainment entertainment it's unprecedented unprecedented i have a i have a i have a love hate thing for netflix can i just get on my soapbox for a little bit i love it because there's so many choices i hate it because there's so many choices i just love it. oh that's good but wonder what the next you know because you know if they just don't show you one option you see like a whole line of them and you look at this one and you go oh that one's really good and then you you see the one next to it and you go oh what is that one about and then it's just like 40 minutes later i'm still going i can't figure out what i want to watch <laughs> context to entertainment listen to me when we're brought up in a culture in a society of entertainment then we can we can begin to believe that quiet is boring or still is bad Quiet is boring. Still is bad. One of my favorite moments in the Old Testament is when there was a young man that lived in the temple. His name was Samuel. He's just a young man. It was a priest by the name of Eli. 
And it, the Bible talks about this one particular moment that, 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 that they both were asleep. And, and, and Samuel suddenly gets off of his bed and he goes into Eli, the priest, and says, You called me? What, what do you need? What do you need, Eli? Eli rubs his eyes and goes, What are you talking about, boy? Go back and get in the bed. Samuel shrugs his shoulders and goes back and gets in the bed. A little while later, same thing. Samuel comes in. Just a kid comes in and says, Eli, what do you need? Keep hearing you call me and call my name. Eli's like, boy, go back. I said a word. Go back in the bed. Happened again. Finally, after the third time, Eli goes, I know what's going on. I know what's going on. God is speaking to him. He's speaking to him. And in 1 Samuel 3, 9, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is what? Listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And guess what happened? Listen to me. I don't think it's by accident that this happened at night when it was quiet. When it was what? Not in the busyness of the day of the temple and all the movement of the temple. It was at what? Night. Everybody listen to me. God's voice is often drowned out by the busyness. We as parents have got to learn and model being quiet. And being good with it. Let's have a technology free night family. And let's learn the beauty of being quiet together. I'm not, not saying not talking. It's not like you sit there and stare like. That would be boring. But look, get the distractions, entertainment stuff. Get it out of the way. Because then you're, 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 you're giving your kids a great spiritual discipline or habit. So they'll, they'll become okay with quiet. Because God's voice is not always booming. A lot of times it's just that, just that something on the inside. It's like, you know what? God's talking to me right now. But if we're so addicted to entertainment, we'll miss hearing one of the most precious things that God allows us as our Father. And that's to hear His voice. And the youth leaders are like, just stay on that one a while, Pastor John. Because it's true. It's right. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. Um, no, I, I can't. I, 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 okay, you, you taught me to. Real, real quick, nurture. <laughs> nurture, give context to nurture. If, if we over-nurture our kids, then, then we we're, we're, we're help our kids, or we ensure that our kids are going to grow up with taking a risk is bad. Today, our college, speaking according to statistics, st- statistically speaking, our college students are the most risk averse in the history of records. There's high arrogance and low self esteem. High arrogance, low self esteem. Why? It's because parents have, 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 have tried to set them up for success. All of their life. All of their life. Listen, nurture 
listen to this. Nurture is not to create a world where they'll need you for the rest of their lives. We're to nurture our children, but not to over-nurture them. Nurture is not to create a world where they'll need you for the rest of their life. Nurture is to bring them up to trust God for the rest of their lives. Listen, I see it all the time with parents. Parents create a place, an environment where their kids will need them all of their life. And it cripples the kids. You know why? Because they're not going to be there. Mom and dad are not going to be there all of their life. It's not going to happen. You're like, Pastor John, I wish you'd be a little bit more, a little bit more uh, positive. I'm positive you're not going to be there for all of I'm positive. It's not going to happen. God is eternal and you're not. As far as being in the earth, living on the earth. Isaiah 26.4 says, Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He's the eternal rock, not you. Your greatest reward is that your kids can do life without you. It should be your greatest reward. They're killing it. Somebody said this, Don't prepare the path for your child. Prepare the child for the path. To wrap up this morning, if I give you one piece of advice, I would give you this. Don't strive to be the perfect parent. Just be a genuine parent. Don't strive to be the perfect parent because it's not going to happen. But strive to be the genuine parent. There are two sides to everybody. All of us have two sides. There's the part that we project and there's the part that we protect. All of us have that. There's the part that we project and then there's the part that we protect. The part that we project, that's the part of us that we want people to see. That, that, that we, we want people to see that we've got it all together and it's great. We're, the, we're killing it as parents. We're just amazing as just individuals. FaceTime. Boom. That's the selfie side. Boom. I don't think I've ever seen anybody take a selfie when they're just look horrible. It's like I look really horrible today. Let me take this selfie and social media this thing. As a matter of fact, listen, the social media thing, that's what it's all built on. It's built on, it's based on the, what we project. That, that's, that's what it is. But then there's the, the side that we protect. That's the part we don't want people to see. That's where the bumps and the bruises and the insecurities and the places that we don't have any confidence. We, we, don't, we don't want people to see that, so we protect that because if they see the real me, then they're not going to respect me. If they see the real me, they're going to reject me because, man... Here's the deal. Our kids, they don't see and pay attention just to what we project. They see what we protect. That's what they see. 
You say, well, what do I do? You just begin to work on closing the gap. Between the person you project and the person you protect, you begin to close the gap. Are you following me? Because it's then when you begin to close the gap, that's when you become genuine. And after 20-something years of pastoring, here's what I've seen that turned more kids away from God. It's that the parents are wanting to see them to be seen as this when they're really this when it comes to serving God. Someone once said, don't worry about, don't worry that your children ever listen to you. Worry that they're always watching you. What are you saying, Pastor John? Listen, determine today, if you're a parent or you're, you're around kids and you're around young ones, listen, have a genuine faith. James 2.18 says, but someone will may well say, may well argue, you say the way to God is by faith alone plus nothing. Well, I say that good works are important too. For without good works, you can't prove whether you have faith or not. Watch this last part. But anyone can see that I have faith by the way that I what? Act. A genuine relationship with your Father God is the greatest gift that you'll ever give your children. Everybody look at me. Your kids could be grown. Your kids could be grown today. But you choosing to have a genuine faith in God can impact their life today. It can touch their life, your kid's life today. You said, well, they're grown. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter greatest gift that you can give your kids regardless of the age is genuine faith (laughs) close the gap close the gap I'm sorry I went so far